got a job. My name is Khalil Keys. I'm a sponsorship sales coordinator at Major League Baseball. And Khalil, how old are you? I'm 25 years old. 25 years old. How long have you worked at Major League Baseball? I have worked at Major League Baseball for slightly over two years. I joined in June of 2015. June of 2015, so you were what, about 22, 23 years old? 23 years old. It was uh, two weeks after graduation. Two weeks after graduation, and you got a job at Major League Baseball. I did. And that's something that you've... Um, so two weeks after graduation, you start working at Major League Baseball. Did they offer you the job while you were still in school? I was fortunate to get the offer, um, I believe, in March of my senior year. March of your senior year. Did they come recruit you out of college? Uh, definitely was not a, a recruiting out of college process for me. Um, much, much longer drawn out process, no formal applications. Um, it was it was a it was a very long period, but no formal application. No. Was the job posted at, a, at like a job board at your school, or was it posted online? Where did you find out about the job? Um, I do not believe there was any job posting actually uh, at all. It was um, was very fortunate to join a team that had had just been built. It was um, I was a third employee bought on. I don't think that there was a role created um, when I actually first joined the team. So this was something that was um completely built out and, and ended up connecting with with some of the right people at the right time so new team at major league baseball sponsorship sales they didn't recruit you out of school you didn't see it on a job board or a linkedin posting how did you find out about it so uh kind of a long story i don't know if you want me to go through the full depth of of the the initial communication and and and, and the the process but i mean i i um, I guess my first foray into, into sports business, I, I did an internship program called Manhattan Sports Business Academy. Where we met. Where we met. Um, and you know, for the listeners who aren't aware, it's, it's the general premises. They want to get you know, students, young professionals who have an interest in sports business, whether that be legal, athlete, representation, sports marketing, kind of the full gamut of the industry, um, experience. And they want to get them exposure. I think one of the benefits of being in New York City is that you have... Uh, the headquarters of all the professional sports leagues. You have several teams across um, many of the different leagues. You have a lot of the agencies that are based here. So for me, that ended up being a very immersive and an educational experience um, to get to know some of the ins and outs of the industry, connect with some of the leaders, learn about some of the emerging trends in the industry. And you know, through that experience, through having you know, representatives from the NFL, the NBA, MLB, um, a lot of the agencies come and talk about you know, their experiences, where they thought the industry was going. Um, I was fortunate to be able to get an understanding of what I liked and, and, and what I was passionate about, where I saw myself in the industry. And, you know, through that period, actually, um, is when, you know, I, I wanted to continue to connect with people that really resonated with me along the way. And, and, and you know, for, listen, for those listening, Mark was, was one of those people um, who I just really took a liking to based on, his path, his journey in the industry, some of the things that he had done well, his way of speaking and, 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 and emphasis on building a network. So once I had kind of identified what I wanted to do, Mark was one of the first people I, I actually connected with and, and followed up and said, here are some potential avenues in which I could see myself going based on what I've learned. So MSBA, as you mentioned, phenomenal organization, 25 students every summer that uh, from freshman to senior that want to break into sports. They have the uh, opportunity to apply and enter this organization. If they get picked, they get a summer internship, they get a mentor, they get to go to phenomenal speaking events where, where you and I met. 
and there's there's a fun story that's tied into from when you and I met to maybe how how you really got your job. But you know, going back to that, um, you know, how did you get into MSBA? They only take twenty five people every summer. They get about five hundred applicants, from what I'm aware of. How did you get in? So MSBA was something. Um, so I graduated from from Yale in 2015. And, you graduated and from Yale. I did. You played football at Yale, right? I did. Yes, sir. And you have you hold the record for the longest touchdown from scrimmage still, or no? It's I do. Beat it. uh, currently still holds. So how we'll many yards? How, uh, 94 yards. 94 yards. I think I said 99 the other day. It would have been fun if you were a Tech Mobile character. Do you know Tech Mobile? Or are you too young? <laughs> I do not. I may be a little too young. For oh that, man. Okay. So another day for our, for our listeners. A Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile. There's no nothing like it. You would have been interesting. So you're at Yale. You're playing football. How do you find out about MSBA? So MSBA, um, you know, I was pursuing different opportunities initially. I think that some of the more heavily recruited uh, industries coming out of Yale are investment banking, consulting, had had kind of gone to information sessions in, in some of those and didn't feel as though it was the perfect fit for me. But there was actually uh, a couple Yale alumni who did the program in previous years. So previous alumni. Correct. And how did you meet those alumni? So I actually did not have relationships with these alumni first. They had gone to the program in its early stages. I believe one had done it in its inaugural year and one had done it in its second year, a, a squash player and a tennis player. And they had spoken to the athletic department about this being something that they felt could be a good opportunity for students. And so they sent out a generic email to some members of the athletic department and said, hey, this could be something good to apply to. And that attracted you? I, I thought it was great. You know, I had why, a, why, why did you care about that? You had a 94-yard touchdown. You hold the record at Yale. You're, you still look like you're uh, you're in tip-top shape. Why weren't you focused on the NFL? Um, you know, my dream had been to play for play in the NFL as long as I could remember. For I, what team? Um, I wanted to play for the 49ers. I big Bay Area sports fan. I think that you know, you know, out of getting recruited in high school, I was looking at some schools. Um, you get a scholarship to Yale. So Yale actually does not have athletic scholarships. They have grants? They have need-based financial aid. Did they give you the need-based financial aid? I got need-based financial aid, which certainly helped. Um, I ended up turning down a few scholarship offers at, at, at good schools, which was probably more creditable from a football standpoint. But I truly wanted to be in a position where I could put an emphasis on my academics. And I think everything came full circle for me um, when I tore my ACL my freshman year. And so, again, the dream had always been alive. I always wanted to play professionally. I was always willing to put my energy, effort, resources into both, into being a true student athlete. But um, seeing how quickly football could have ended for me, I think really opened my eyes and, and, and made me truly fortunate that I ended up in a place where, you know, there were going to be other opportunities for me and I could continue to challenge myself. And it made me realize, um, you know, there my opportunities were going to be beyond football. If you wanted to go pro, it was... A means to get to into a, a better education or, or an opportunity for education. I think so. Again, I always wanted to do both. I always had thought about playing in the NFL, but I always did prioritize you know, my schooling. I always you know, tried to challenge myself in courses academically, and so you know, I think an additional layer of the the Yale opportunity was the fact that it was three thousand miles away. I didn't have any family on the East Coast, um, so I knew that I was gonna it was gonna force me to be in an environment where I was out of my comfort zone where I was going to challenge myself. Is that the first time you had to do that? Challenge yes. yourself and get out of your comfort zone? I had certainly challenged myself and gotten out of my comfort zone, but it, had, it was one of the only times that I felt truly isolated and alone. If I needed something, um, I could always make a phone call, but no one was going to be there to necessarily you know, hold my hand. When I told what, my, what gave you the confidence to do that? 
um, I guess it's just kind of something that's always been ingrained in me and, and, and I, I had never really put myself in a position to fully explore it, but it, it just seemed like the right fit. And it seemed like it was my next step to, to go to a place like Yale and to, and to you know, put myself in that environment. And, and, and you know, when I've had those doubts, I've been fortunate enough to, to surround myself with, with a group of people that have been extremely supportive and encouraging and, and have helped me through some of the tougher times that I've been through. Um, so, so you get into Yale. Correct. You're about to head out. Um, had you had any work experience before you go to college? So, you know, a lot of my, my summers and, and free time had been spent training. Again, that had always been the goal, and, and it required a lot of you know, time and effort. But I did pursue uh, a, a, a job. My first job um, was the summer going into my freshman year of college. And this is after you graduated? Correct. You're headed into Yale. You got to be at Yale when? Late August? Have to be at Yale in uh, early August. Early August. Early August for training camp. So, um, only have a couple month window there, but I wanted to, to save some money and, and need, knew I needed some discretionary income. Um, knew it'd be valuable to get work experience, so I ended up connecting with my high school football coach. What was his name? Trent Herzog. And where's Trent now? Trent is currently still the coach uh, at Costa High School. Was an incredible resource to me. Took me on several official visits. Um, he was he. You know, I credit him for, for a lot of my success and a lot of my experiences. So you go to Trent, you say, Trent, I'm headed out to school. I need to make some, some money before I go. Where does Trent set you up? So Trent sets me up with his sister-in-law who worked at a company, which is still existing, called Pure Luxury Limousine. I was not a salesman. Um, kind of went in unclear as to what my role would entail. Um, was willing to do whatever I could. And so the role that they needed me for was a detailer. Um, for the a limousines. detailer? Yes, sir. Manual labor? Yes, sir. Which you were not shy to being a football player training all summer. I was not. I was willing to do whatever I could. I wanted to make some pocket change. I think the thing that was surprising and ended up being great was I was working the graveyard shift. So The graveyard shift? Correct. So we'd, we'd, uh, I'd, I'd usually start at 1 or 2 a.m. and finish around 9 or 10 a.m. Um, to make sure that the cars and, and, and limousines were prepared to go out on the wine tours. That's kind of what the main purpose is that go through Sonoma County and Warren right. County. So you had the luxury of cleaning and detailing these cars when they got home after their trip to be ready for the next morning. Correct. And how many days a week did you do that? I did this five days a week. And what did they pay the you? Summer. Uh, slightly over minimum wage. What's minimum wage in Petaluma back in 2008, 2009? I want to say it was eight something, almost $9 an hour. Even in the graveyard shift. Even in no the graveyard time and shift. a half. No time and a half. No. All right. So you did that for a summer. Remember how much money you saved up? Um, enough to buy a pair of headphones. Not a lot of money. I don't. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember it was it was less than I had anticipated. But it was nice having a little bit of pocket change and money that I had earned on my own. Um, when you went into working at the car wash, did you think you'd be doing detailing and detailing the graveyard shift? Uh, I did not. Why'd you say yes? Um. Because I was willing to do whatever it took. I wanted to make some money. I knew that I had the work ethic. I knew that I needed to get some experience. And you trusted Trent? And I trusted him. I trusted him. He had always had my best interest in mind. So even though it was the graveyard shift detailing, it took you out of maybe your comfort zone? Correct. But it got you working. Yes. It got you getting paid. You go to school. You tear your ACL. You go through some trial and tribulations. Who were the uh, who was the athletic the people in the athletic department that turned you on to MSBA? Um, so it was just, it was the head of the athletic department sent a blanket email to the entire department. I think only six of us applied. 
Do you remember the head of the athletic department's name? Jennifer O'Neill. So Jennifer O'Neill, the athletic department, sends out this email. You see the MSBA. You immediately apply? Correct. I, I thought it was fantastic. I'd always played sports. Wanted to learn more about the business side of the industry. Again, I... I so, so this is your first job interview, right? You get on the phone with the, the, the good folks at MSBA. It's your first job interview, minus Trent saying, go work for my sister-in-law. Correct. Um, you've done some college interviews and tours, but you're heavily recruited, so it really was your choice at that point. You know, God bless your parents. Put put the skills in you to uh, study hard and get the, the, the right um, acceptance and, and, and financial aid at Yale. Um, why do you think they brought you into MSBA? 25 people out of 500. That's 5%. Get in. What? Why do you think they chose you? Um you know, I think I, I, I truly showed a passion in what the program represented. And, and, and one of the things that, you know, I was very interested in and, and remain interested in is, you know, while at Yale I majored in political science, I had always wanted to do something where I felt I could make some type of bigger difference. And I think I looked at sports as a unique opportunity to, one, um, find some level of commonality between people from different backgrounds. So, you know, I had seen a political space in which, you know, you, it felt very polarized. I, I got questioned the ability to make a difference. But I look at sports, and I had seen through my experiences, people from rural Kentucky, people from the Bronx, people from, you know, international locations saying, we're going to rally around the Yankees. That's our team. That's what we support. Having conversations. So I think part of that was really powerful to me to see what sports can do and, and using that platform as a way to connect people. I think an additional layer was my personal experience in sports, using that to create opportunities. You, you know, you said it was a platform for me. I think sports continues to be a platform. So I think I talked about a lot of that in my interview, you know, how I viewed sports and how it was something greater than just the fan excitement, but how it can have you know, so you a larger didn't tell impact on society. tell them that you ran a 94-yard touchdown. Don't think I, I, that that may have gotten brought up later, but am I, I the nothing. only person that brings that up every time I speak to you? Um, a couple people bring it up. I think that it was you know I, I ended up having a uh, overall a career that that was that was did not reach my full expectations. Um, you know, I, I battled back from the injury. You know, tore my ACL, LCL, MCL, and um, you know the doctor wasn't sure if I was going to be able to play again. And, and the fact that I was con able to continue playing and, and, and did that was a tremendous feat. But I always had really high expectations for myself. So if I know you like I think I know you, no doctor is going to ever tell you you can't play again and get away with it. So right. no no, sh no surprise to me. So you interview with Lauren and Bailey at MSBA. Correct. You um, you know MSBA run by Ben Sterner and. Jonathan Blue and company, and they've done a phenomenal job providing opportunities. So they offer you the job, uh, or they offer you the opportunity to be an MSBA, and they tell you you got to move to New York for the summer. Correct. Have you ever been to Manhattan before? I had only been to Manhattan once for a, a Yale football uh, reception in my sophomore year, but that was the only time I really knew nothing about the city. So they move you here for the summer. Correct. They put you on 91st Street? Yeah, 97th and 3rd. I 97th and 3rd. And... They are kind enough to help you get an internship with which company? Uh, so I interned with Leverage Agency. With Leverage Agency. Correct. So you come to New York. Were you fully comfortable with the city, knowing you're, knowing it like the back of your hand when you got here? Absolutely not. Did you know the other 24 people that were part of your group? I knew none of them. Did you know anybody working at Leverage besides Ben and maybe the folks you had interned with? I did not. So they took you out of your comfort zones? Very much so. And how did that feel? I was eager 
I was excited. I think I came in with the mindset is I wanted to take full advantage of every opportunity. I wanted to connect with every single person I had the ability to. I realized I was incredibly fortunate. I think that, um, you know, I had, I had told my friends, family, connections, everyone who I had any type of relationship with about this internship because it was something that, you know, it did take a long round of interviews. I, you know, I did, you know, was able to go through six rounds of interviews to get funding through Yale, even though it didn't really fit the exact requirements of what they traditionally had you know, the scholarships for at Yale. You know, it was something that I was so passionate about and that ex that came across. So, you know, they were able to help out financially. Um, so, so you get the job at Leverage. You're interning there in the summer. Leverage does a lot of sponsorship sales. Correct. Is that kind of your first exposure to that world? That was my first exposure. I was actually working with Ben on a project in which, you know, he had seen the growing development of um, the calisthenics movement, how that had started to materialize into professional sports league in other parts of the world. And his aim was to, and, and for those who are listening who aren't familiar, um, essentially similar to the model of CrossFit, but using no external equipment. So there are you know athletes who do pull-ups, muscle-ups, these really acrobatic workouts on pull-up bars, on any type of just public equipment and it's exciting. It's kind of a combination between gymnastics and, and that, CrossFit. That's led to the UFL, United, the Urban oh, Fitness League. Urban correct. Fitness League. So Fitness Ben has in its first or second summer now. Uh, second summer now. Second summer. It had another and, big. And Ben's off to the races, UFL. So you get some exposure. Uh, what did you love best about MSBA? Was it your job at Leverage every day? I love I love the aspect of the job. I loved the idea we were trying to build a sports property from scratch. I was reaching out to new corporate partners, trying to design a logo, build a marketing strategy, reach out to potential sponsors. So that aspect was great. I also loved the speaker series because you were able to, in an intimate setting, have an in-depth conversation with you know, executives, leaders who had had success in the industry, talking about, here's how I got here. Here are some of the things I've learned. Here's some advice I can give you about my experiences. And so, they also gave you a mentor as well, right? And they did pair you with a mentor as well. Who was your mentor? So I was paired with Dan Asip. And who, where did Dan work at the he time? He worked at, uh, and still works at Madison Square Garden. At MSG. Correct. And so you got to know Dan. Dan spent a good amount of time with you that summer. Correct. You went to the speaker series, like you mentioned, where um, executives get up and either give some insight on the industry or their career and their background. And um, ultimately, you finish the summer heading into your senior year. Yes. And so what was your main focus that summer? If I remember it well... You had a very heavy focus on setting yourself up for a career by the time you graduated. Absolutely, that that was a, a big priority for me. So, and get, just to give some other background, you know, I loved the speaker series aspect, and Mark was one of the speakers who really resonated with me. You know, throughout that series, I think that he had a very unique perspective. He was very candid. He spoke transparently about his experiences, some of the mistakes he had made, and what he had learned from those mistakes. Um, you know, how to work with him, how to in his words, put yourself in rooms that you're quote unquote not supposed to be in. And so, you know, I really enjoyed that aspect of, of, of his presentation and, and am glad that he was able to, um, that we were able to maintain that relationship. You know, so so speaking of, of maintaining that relationship, um, you know, coming out of the, uh, the MSBA speakers a series event that I, that I did get to present that, um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't remember though. You coming up to me and getting my business card and writing me the next day and setting up a time to meet. Is that correct? Right. So that was something that you know I initially had some regrets about because you know I think that you know after seeing him speak, one of the things about these events is that that everyone is eager to want to connect. I think the program does a fantastic job of identifying speakers who you know are great and inspiring 
And so, needless to say, you're going to have 20 people that come up and want to get their, their personal information. And so, you know, I had gotten his, his card and information from, from you know, the program, but did not immediately reach out. Coincidentally, um, second to last day before I had to go back to Yale for training camp, I'm going back to the apartments of my friends who live in Union Square and had just gotten a workout in and end up bumping into Mark on the street in Union Square. And he's at the time is with his girlfriend and just made it a point to reach out. Like I said, he had really, really stood out to me and, and, and what he had to say to the group resonated. So, so you bump into me on the street. Correct. I didn't reckon, I didn't recognize you. I didn't correct. stop you. I believe you stopped me. I was walking with my girlfriend, probably having an intimate moment. What gave you the confidence to interrupt me? You didn't have the confidence to come up to me after and say, hey, Mark, I'm Khalil, I'd love to meet you. You didn't have the confidence or the, or the, the energy or, or whatever it is to write me after. What gave you the confidence or what gave you the, the nerve to stop and say hello? I think it was truly for me, it was the genuine fact that I liked what you had to say. I thought that you, you, you really stood out to me. And frankly, this was a one-on-one -on -one personal intimate setting where you know, I can imagine after some of these events, after speaking, you're getting a swath of emails. And I could send a memorable note and talk about how much that resonates, but it was really important and valuable to me. I felt it were not a coincidence that I had that opportunity to speak to you in person and talk about but that's experience. But that's lightning in a bottle, right? I think you know, one of the key takeaways that as we've developed an amazing relationship these last few years, and where I wasn't your mentor then, I've gotten to uh, spend a lot of time with you and maybe share some experiences and, and on the flip side, learn from you. You didn't take advantage of it being put in front of your face, hi, I'm here, here's my card. You didn't follow up you know, later on for whatever reason, but you went for it in probably the most uncomfortable time. Correct. You weren't wearing an MSB hat, MSBA hat and t-shirt that said, hi, I'm Khalil Keys, remember me. So you stopped me on the street, and in about five seconds, you made yourself memorable. You said, hey, Mark, right? right? Yes, I'm Khalil. I heard you speak at MSBA. And do you remember what I said to you? I remember you were impressed with the fact that I came up. I don't remember the exact transition where it came to me getting your, you know, you getting your contact information and making sure that I had that. Um, uh, you're right, though. I was super impressed. It's not impressive that you came up to me after I spoke. It wasn't impressive that you wrote me like everyone else did or LinkedIn me. It was impressive that you took yourself out of your comfort zone. You said, I see him. I'm here for one more day. Maybe there was missed opportunity in the past, but I don't care that he's with his girlfriend. I'm going to just stop and reintroduce myself, and whatever comes of it comes of it. And I do remember what I said to you. I said, hey, thank you. Thank you for coming over and saying hello to me. Do me a favor. Here's my email, or give me yours, and make sure you contact me. And um, I think if I remember that contact, well, I remember the first conversation we had. You were very, very focused, and I was super impressed with the fact that you had taken in so much from your internship that you had said, "I now know what I want to do. I just don't know how to get there." Right. And uh, we started down a path um, of, uh, of of trying to solve that equation. Um, do, you, do you remember? that the path and who you spoke to and kind of how you ended up where you ended up today? I do. Well, I remember you know, coming out of that initial conversation, um, which was extremely valuable for me. You know, I had this sense of, one, yes, I want to have you know, a job that leads into a career coming before graduation, but it needed to be more focused than that. I love the idea of working with this property. I love the idea of being in New York. I love the idea of trying to pursue corporate sponsors. So coming out of our conversation, you know, I had kind of lined up 
some some big priorities for me. I want to work for a league. I want to be in sponsorship. I want to be in New York City. Here's my desire. So, like, it had he helped me map all of those things out. So we mapped out what you wanted to do. We identified the Knicks or MSG, right? Where you had a mentor. We identified the Yankees. We identified the Mets. When we identified all the governing bodies, MLB, NBA, NFL, NHL, etc., because they they all happen to be in New York. I think I told you don't go work at the team because you got to go to the game every home game Correct. every night That's and you'll kill your social life. Um, but I also remember saying, hey, if that's what you want to do, I don't know anybody there. Um, and so I think the next thing we did is we introduced you to a colleague of mine who had a little bit more insight as well. Is that correct? That's very correct. He worked at Platinum Rye at the time. Um, Zach Berliner. Correct. Zach Berliner is now over at Corona Constellation. I'm not sure if wow. you know that, but you Absolutely. should go hit him up for some sponsorship I should. sales. I should. So we connected you to Zach, and we connected you to Zach because Zach worked at, I think, Octagon. Correct. And he had some friends and former colleagues who worked at maybe the Mets or MLB, right? Yes, so it was the Mets. And he connected me with a guy who used to work at the Mets, actually played baseball at Yale, uh, at the time was working for NYCFC. His name was Adam Barrick. And so I remember that being a great conversation you know, with Zach, and I was grateful that he connected me with Adam. And again, with all of these conversations, um, it wasn't, hey, I need a job right now. It was, hey, I want to learn about your background, your experiences, how you got to where you were, what can you tell me about some of these things in the industry. I want to reaffirm the fact that this is something that I want to do. So great conversation with Zach. So you speak to Zach. Zach says, I work at Platinum Riot. It's not what you want to do, nor am I hiring. Right. But maybe I know a guy like Adam. Correct. And where was Adam working? Adam was working at NYCFC after a, a pretty long stint with the New York Mets. So. Uh, so Zach connects you with Adam through your conversations with Zach and Adam. How do you get to the MLB? So, you know, Adam at the time, like I said, former Yale baseball player. So we ended up having a great connection there. Did he, Zach know that when he connected you to Adam? I do not believe he knew that, no. So you jump on the phone with Adam, Yale baseball player, boom, has to be assigned. Great. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a huge point of connection. He could understand the full schedule. He could understand the concept of pursuing sports, even though that was not a common route for you know, Yale students. So really, really great conversation there. I think on the actual opportunity front, you know, he had just recently joined NYCFC, was not really sure how his group was going to form. He had recently left the Mets, you know, had some connections there, but he felt it'd be awesome to connect me with a good friend of his who he had known through the industry named Jim McLeod. And, and where was Jim working? And Jim McLeod worked at MLB Advanced Media. He had um, done extremely well early on in his career, and um, you know, he was essentially becoming responsible for building a new team because when Commissioner Manford came on board, MLB Advanced Media, MLB Network, and the Office of Commissioner functioned as three separate entities from a sponsorship perspective. So Jim's building a new team. How do you differentiate yourself and get Jim to be interested in hiring you? So when we first talk, I just talk about my experiences. I talked about the fact that I was interested in working for MLB. I had done a lot of research to see what they had done on the BAM side and some of the deals that he had worked on. I think that I was very intrigued by the fact that they had essentially set the benchmark as far as digital media in the sports landscape. Um, and I was really excited about that, came in with a lot of knowledge, and basically just wanted to learn about his path. You know, he, had, he was a former baseball player himself. He played at Holy Cross. He had understood what it took to be a student athlete, transition into the, the world of sports business. So great conversations with him. So you go through the inter interview process and you run into a familiar face from MSBA. Correct. Who is that? Uh, Uzmaran. And what is Uzmaran's uh, title? 
Uzma is a senior director of sponsorship sales. Sponsorship sales, the division you're in now. Correct. So while you're going through this interview process, you're meeting half the building, you're meeting HR, you run into this familiar face. Absolutely. A comforting face. Very much so. And you're out of your comfort zones. Yes. And what did that do? It, uh, I felt inspired, encouraged to reach out. You know, I, and then I did a little background on her research. Saw that she was Forbes 30 under 30, had done tremendous things in the industry early on in her career. Someone that I really wanted to gravitate to, someone that I wanted to learn from. So and, I, and, and she mentored people in MSBA? Correct. And you knew the students that she mentored I as did. well? I did. How did you get to know those students? Um, by asking. I, I, they, were, they were part of the MSBA network, and I had said, hey, I saw that you were, you were paired with Uzma. I would love to learn more about your relationship with Uzma. Did, what did you know they the endorse industry. you to her? Uh, I believe so, yes. And so now you go and you're in your final rounds of interviews. They ultimately choose to hire you. They do. What do you think was the differentiator in all of that? Um, you know, I had made it clear throughout the process that this is exactly what I wanted to do. I had shown, you know, an extreme amount of passion. I had done my research with BAM, with the industry. I think I was excited about the prospect of we're selling integrated partnerships. What that means is um, you know, some of the things that I had talked about, the, the, the idea of working with you know, local communities working with youth to build official sponsorships. The, the idea of working with these media platforms, which were so robust for BAM, and using that as leverage to build, to build something that hadn't been done before. You speak with tremendous passion about your job and your business. It sounds like you had to get uncomfortable to get very comfortable. Very much so. Um, go out of your comfort zones to really get yourself into a place where you can be super comfortable. You shared a lot of key takeaways from the process doing the research, reaching out to people, providing value to people first before asking them for something, investing in relationships. Anything you... I don't look back and, and have regrets. I think that I learned a lot from some of the mistakes that I made. And so I don't necessarily think that I would have done things differently, but I do think that if I were to advise someone in my same position, I could then shed insight into some of the things that, you know, may have presented some challenge or may have created extra hurdles for me, you know, moving forward. And so, so that's probably how I, I view my situation. Looking at the, looking at the, not what you would do differently, but looking at how you faced adversity and challenges, whether it was tearing your ACL, right. whether it was needing extra money and I ended up working a graveyard shift, whether it was saying, hey, I need to get a job in sports. I'm going to start with one person and see where they end up. Right. Um, but you did it, Khalil. You got a job in sports. There's no degree that guarantees you a job. There's no Yale University or Hofstra University that guarantees you a job in sports. You work at MLB. You're in sponsorship sales. I'd argue there's a lot of people graduating college you know, in the next couple of years, a lot of student athletes that don't know how to do it um, or, or, or want to do it. Um, you're, you're almost at the point now where you're getting to a place where you should be mentoring, you should be giving advice, but when you're sitting in the other chair interviewing that person and somebody wants a job and they wanna work for Khalil, whether they wanna work for you because they see the job you're doing and they wanna work at the MLB, or they just wanna be someone who gets on your radar and gets to be someone that you mentor and connect to your network. And maybe it's not working at the MLB, but it's meeting someone who meets someone who meets someone that gets them a job in the NBA or at Brooklyn Nets. What are you looking for? What are you looking for in that in that person that wants to become part of your your network that you're going to invest in? Um, and what advice do you give that person? Not someone looking for a job or how to make it in sports, but someone that specifically wants to work for you. Right. I think that that for me, 
you know, a big part of it is, is, is having some sense of purpose. I think some sense of overwhelming passion for wanting to, you know, work with the property that I'm working with or wanting to, you know, be a part of my team. I so think it can't that, just be, I played football, I want to work at the NFL? It can't just be, I played football, I work at the NFL. It can't just be, I'm a fan of sports, so I want to work in sports. There needs to be some compelling narrative. I think that this is one of the most competitive industries because you know, people love sports. It, 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 it's incredibly exciting. It's engaging. Um, there, it's rooted in tradition. It, it's, it's, it's a sexy industry, if you will. So, so you know, for me, you know, I, I tried to have a couple degrees of detachment and really look at it as a business. I really tried to see, you know, what unique ways can we monetize sports? What, what ways can we, you know, enhance the fan experience? What can we, there, there's, it has to be a kind of additional layer of, of, of passion, of authenticity in your, in your want and reasoning for, you know, wanting to do something with, you know, the property that I'm working with. They're wanting to work with me. And I think that so desire, depth, passion, passion, um, I think that those things all become really clear and evident to me. And, and What's the coolest thing you've done since you've been in your job um, as a sports fan? As a fan, it's I mean, like it's being on the world, being on the field for the World Series. Um, whether that's last year in the matchups with Cubs and the Indians, iconic matchup, iconic series. Being on the field at the World Series. Now let's flip it the other way. Being a fan of business. Coolest thing you've done so far? Um, being a part of a pitch presentation with our executive team to a major um, client whose name we won't mention. To a major client whose name we won't mention. In one of the largest categories in sports. Correct. In one of the largest sports in the world, and closing the deal. And 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 seeing it come to fruition, you know, helping out our team from scratch. Whether it's doing some of the initial research, you know, I've been incredibly fortunate to be in the position to do some of these things. I realize it's outside of the scope of what traditionally happens and, and really I'm just trying to make the most of it because I know that, that these are unique circumstances and, and, and I've been incredibly grateful for, for where I've ended up so I'm really trying to take it all in but there are there have been those moments whether it's from a fan perspective being on the field from a business perspective being in some of these rooms with executives where I almost have to pinch myself and said I could never have imagined something like this. Being part of a team that closed that big deal. Right. Being part of a team where you scored a 94 yard touchdown. Right. Do you have any similar feelings on that touchdown and being part of that deal? Absolutely. Which felt better? I think I'm finding uh, my new niche. I feel, I feel like this is this is kind of what I was meant to do. And so while that was great, in that chapter of my life, that was the most important thing. And that was, you know, the validation of the fact that I could combat injury and come back from some of the you know more difficult circumstances I had had uh, to have that level of success. In that time, that was... The best feeling in this time in this chapter which i think is going to be a much longer chapter of my life these have been some of the feelings that i think will, will really resonate with me for as long you know as i'm able to remember just because um i just get that excitement that there's there's so much more that can be done but the fact that i'm able to do some of these things this early on is 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 truly a blessing so i've, I've loved it i loved every minute of it awesome